Indigenous men. I recorded a series of wonderful interviews from the Fit Nation team from iSpark. iSpark is the Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council that services all of our Indigenous communities in BC. A wonderful group of people that I have the honor to work with. And the website address for this, if you want to know more about this wonderful organization, is ispa.rc.ca. And you might be asking yourself now, why fitness, Jerry? Well, you know, today when I look about and I hear news and I talk to people and they're talking about our people, about our health, And I say to myself, too many of our people are suffering and hurting physically today. We lose people from living on dangerous diets, not knowing how to take care of their body. And our youth and our children are falling into this today. You know, in Fit Nation, I would tell the trainers that they're training, because that's why I got called there to talk to them as their elder. And I wanted them to know and to understand what they can what they can provide, the potential they have being part of a fit nation, being a trainer in our community. That it's more than just putting them through running or whatever it is, all that the wonderful work that they do. And I told them an example of myself and how Fit or fit fitness activities helped me. I was in a deep depression when my kid brother was in a car accident, and he went off a seven hundred foot cliff and he died. And I slipped into this depression. I could remember I would sit in my room and close the curtains and sit on my bedside. And I was depressed. I was about to lose my job, my van. I can remember my youngest daughter coming and holding me because she knew I was hurting. And that wasn't even pulling me out of my depression. Then my other daughter, 
came to me and said, Dad, I want to go to karate. They're, they have karate instructor in our community now. And I told her, go ask my brother Brad to drive you to the hall. He'll take you. And she left and she went to karate. And then she comes again the following week and said, Dad, it's family night at karate. I want you to come with me. It's family night, Dad. And I was sitting there and I said to her, okay, I'll go with you. And in my mind, I'm saying, I'll do it once just to keep her quiet. And I went, she says, put on your sweats, Dad, and we'll go. I said, okay. So I put on my sweats and we went to karate at our gymnasium. She had told me, your friend Hack is there. And I said, oh, okay. So when I got there, I went with Hack, stood with him. And the sensei lines us up in rows. And he says, I'm going to teach you how to walk karate style tonight and how to breathe, how to concentrate. So he lined us up. And he's counting in Japanese because it's an Okinawan style from Japan. And I can remember him hollering out. And he says, every time I count, you move. You walk the way I'm teaching you. And he'd go, itch. My left foot would move in the way he taught us. Knee. And my second, my other leg would move. So I'm learning to walk in karate. And he's telling us to how to hold our hands, how far away our elbow is from our rib cage. And he's testing us and he's walking around us, telling us how to walk and how to breathe. And I remember he says, I want you to have glaring eyes, concentrate. Don't think of anything, just look in front of you. And that's called glaring eyes. And you just be aware of everything around you, but you're not thinking of everything. Anything at all, he says. So there I am, listening to the sensei, lined up with these other adults and young people in my community, learning how to walk karate style, listening to the sensei, itch, knee, sun, chi, go. And we're walking, and he's having us tense our fingers and Breathe from the diaphragm, telling us when we're doing good, correcting us when we're making a mistake. So we're walking back and forth across the gymnasium, taught us how to turn so we're blocking if somebody's going to kick or punch us when we turn. And that's all we done that evening was karate walk and block on the churn. And I was surprised for two hours. I forgot about my depression. I was distracted. Someone was instructing me what to do, how to breathe, how to move, and kept encouraging me. And I felt such a relief after the karate. My daughter and I went home and I showered and I said to myself, I'm going to keep going to karate. 
because it's helping me. It reunited me with my friend Hack and with my other community members that are taking karate. Like our people say, we become one when we breathe together and we're breathing together in karate. We're waiting for the sensei to say, itch, knee, and we're breathing together. We become one. I became one with the people again. I had isolated myself in my bedroom, feeling sorry for myself, depressed because my brother went to the spirit world. So I tell the Pit Nations leaders this story to let them know that they will be helping people at times and they don't even know it. That this having people go through your Pit Nation program can help people not only from depression, but anger, fear, all those other negative emotions. If they have someone instructing them how to do a plank, how to do a push-up, how to walk, how to run, how to breathe, you're distracting them from the troubles in their life at that time because they're listening to you. So I know that physical activity is one of the medicines for depression, so I encourage you to give this a chance to go to your fit nation in your community or to other activities like volleyball or whatever is available to you because you're with the people again. We're meant to be with the people. We're not meant to be like the deer that's wounded and they run and hide under the trees and die by themselves. That's what the deer does. We're not deer. We're meant to be with people. So I encourage you to join fit, fitness activities, whether it be Fit Nation, Karate, Running Club, Walking Club, whatever it is. Where there's people and there's movement, you go with them and you participate and you will receive benefits. I know this to be true because after the karate, I start to go to ceremony. I start to be with people in different activities. When I was depressed, it's like I caved in on myself. And then when I'm with the people, I change. So I'd like to encourage you. I'll keep doing that and I'll keep saying that. Become active. Like Fit Nation says, you know, any place, anywhere, anytime. You know, you start to do that. And there'll be benefits from you. And once you start to heal and feel good, your relatives and friends will feel it too and you'll help them. So that's my story on how joining the fitness world saved Jerry from depression. Okay, stick around after these interviews. I have another story to share about Fit Nation and being part of Fit Nation. You know, how we developed it. It was developed, it was encouraged, it was taught. And we must do that again with our youngsters. Because they don't know until we tell them. They don't know what's possible. They don't know how it feels to be challenged in a positive way, you know, to become their best. Not better than each other, but just their best. That's what our training method's done.
They developed a strong mind, strong body, and strong spirit. The training was holistic, truly holistic in a true sense. I hear people say holistic nowadays, and they leave out the spirit. When you develop that spirit of an individual, when they go to the cold water and bathe, for instance, it develops a spirit. It develops that feeling of, I can do this, and that there's no quit in me. I can push myself, and my spirit will get stronger. Oh, I submerged myself in cold water many times to develop my spirit so it would be strong. So I know this works from personal experience, and I believe my elders that told me to. They would not lie to me. This is what the teachings in the air is about. This is what it's for, to help our youngsters, to help people my age. You know, I didn't go through a lot of the puberty ceremonies until I was in my almost 30, and it still worked for me. So let's go home, people. Let's go back to those things that worked. Thank you. Robin Edgar. I'm the director of Healthy Living for IceBark, Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council. My family is from uh, Batoche originally, and Japanese on my mother's side, and I reside on Coast Salish territory in Victoria, British Columbia. All right, thank you. Thanks for thank having Thank you, Robin. We wanted to hear from professionals that are working with our people on fitness, so that's why I'm with you today. So I'd like you to share with us about Fit Nation and the work that you're doing with iSpark. I'd be happy to. Thanks, Jerry. Um, so iSpark, um, it's Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council. And one of our mandates is to increase physical activity within our Aboriginal communities. Um, so under the banner of iSpark, we have competitive sports. We have sport development and community initiatives and mm -hmm. healthy living. Um, so Fit Nation falls under the Healthy Living banner, and it was created specifically to increase physical activity in our communities, more specifically in a, in a way that doesn't cost our communities money, um, or there's no worry about capacity when you're thinking about a gym and other barriers within the communities. So it was developed for anyone, anytime, and anywhere. Um, the beauty of it is it is a low-cost program, and the investment is really in the leader, um, and we do leader training. As you know, twice a year now, we, we started in December, and now through the physical activity strategy of the province, um, we're lucky enough to have a second forum, which we host now in the spring. So how many Fit Nation leaders have you trained so far? Well, prior to this spring forum, we were at 65, mm -hmm. and at the end of tomorrow, we'll be at 79 across the province. And how many have the past Fit Nation leaders trained in the province? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, hundreds, if not thousands. The Healthy Living Activities encompasses more than just the Fit Nation program. Mm -hmm. It's the Aboriginal Run Walk program, and that's been running uh, with Sportman BC and ourselves for over 10 years. And the Honor Your Health Challenge is another one of the three major programs under the Healthy Living. Uh, so overall, with all those programs, we've trained over um, 1,500 Healthy Living leaders to train the trainer program. And we have there's 28, over 28,000 participants in their programs, many of which are with, with a focus on increased physical activity. I'd like to ask you, why, why did you start to do this work? Well, 
Um, I've always been interested in health and healthy living. I came from the research side at the university, and the reason I moved into iSpark was I just didn't have enough, um, I guess, contact with the communities. So I'm really lucky in my position that I can go in and hear from the community leaders on what kind of programs they want us to run, and then I'm lucky enough to have the flexibility to be able to go on and, and run them and implement them. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you were going to share words of inspiration to our audience out there about being fit, what words would you share with them? I would say it's never too late to start. I honestly live by that motto. And mm. whether you're 80 years old, um, eight years old, it's never too late to become physically active. And don't shy away from it. There's many ways to do it. It's not necessarily sport. Uh, physical literacy is a big catchphrase in the communities right now and just um, being confident in your abilities to be active for life to be able to move for life okay thank you rob thank you for thank coming you. in my name is Dwayne roberts i work with a program called fit nation um, we are a program designed to help uh, indigenous people become healthier and uh, and fit. Um, it's a program designed uh, for elders all the way down to the youth. Uh, we don't need any equipment or any uh, any fancy uh, space. You just need to be moving. It's our motto is anytime, any place, anywhere. And uh, we're very successful in British Columbia, and over 60 communities are, are currently using our program. So we're very excited to be branching out on a yearly basis. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, I was telling people at one time that our gymnasium used to be the out of doors, on the lakes, on the rivers, in the forest, on the trails. That was our gymnasium. Yeah, and that's what it should be, yeah. Yes, and you follow in the same philosophy. I, I, and I, I, we actually encourage that you, you get outside and use the outdoors as much as possible with the program, um, because uh, that'll just connect you back to, to your community. Um, the more you can be outside, the more you can be aware of your surroundings, and and the ability to use what's out there in your community, uh, only better to support uh, your health and wellness as a, as a community. Okay, do you have any examples of any place anywhere? Yeah, we had one of our, our leaders who uh, did his program down by the, rate, the, the river, and uh, he used the shoreline and uh, the rocks and the shorelines, and, and he had them throwing boulders into the, to the water. Um, we've had them where we've been down at uh, community parks, um, where they've used the gymna or the, uh, the the parks from schools, um, we've had parking lots, people using parking lots, people using uh, um, spacing, uh, unfortunately on on private property, but uh, just being able to use uh, anywhere, uh, anytime, uh, any place. Oh, good. So, can you tell me some examples that have inspired you or just make you feel so? Um, that this is worth it. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I'm from Ontario, mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually trying to uh, create the program in Ontario. I had the opportunity to go into uh, a community, uh, Oneida, uh, Ontario, and uh, participate in a, a health fair with uh, the community, and we were able to gather elders who were um, afflicted in some way with some kind of illness. So being able to sit in a chair was the most that they could do for physical activity. And then I actually had uh, grade three, four, and five, six kids who were there. So we all were able to participate in the program together. 
And what it did was it brought um, elders together with the youth. And I managed to speak to one of the elders there. And unfortunately, she was, uh, wasn't able to see her grandchild for three weeks. And this program, Fit Nation, brought them together. So she was able to participate with her grandchild in this grill and, and hadn't seen him in three weeks and was able to kind of embrace him and, 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 and do something together. Um, and that really brought a good feeling to me and it brought a good feeling to her that she was able to see her grandchild in this environment. Oh, thank you. And one more thing I'd like from you, Grandmaster. <laughs> I like that, Grandmaster. <laughs> yes, it's a good name for you because you've trained so many. And the master is someone that can transform someone with words. And I watched you work and I watched you transform people. So I, one of the things, one of the podcast series we're going to do is men's wellness. And men have not been involved a lot in our communities with fitness programs or personal growth and development, addictions, you know. So what kind of message would you give to the men that what Fit Nation can do for them? Uh, I think you need to lead by example. I think uh, men have uh, always traditionally had a role of, 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 um, of strength and power um, and I think we need to go back to that and we need to be um, to understand that uh, our, uh, the things that we do in our, in our lives, in our daily lives have an effect on others and people look to us uh, um, to, to lead them and to guide them. And if we are living the, the, the life and we're, uh, we're doing the things that are right for our body and our community, um, our, 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 our youth are going to see that, as well as uh, showing the respect that, that, that is deserving of, uh, towards the women in mm -hmm. the community. Um, it is important that they, you work together. Um, the more you can work together and become one, uh, the better and stronger the community can be. You can only do so many things on your own. You have to have a collective and collective means both male, female, elders, youth, um, spiritual, um, emotional. We need to embrace the emotions that, that as men that we have that we try hard to, to, to suppress. Um, and those are things that I think men need to work on. And the more we can communicate with, with women who are, use their emotions in, in, in many times to, to get through uh, and understand things, we can learn from them as they can learn from us that we use our strength, our physical strength to get through things. So I think we can both learn from each other and as long as we're open to that learning, as long as we're open to understand that women have as much to offer uh, to, the, to the collective as men do, I think the better and the, and the faster and the stronger we can move forward as a community. Yes, and it will become balanced. Absolutely. Yes, thank you, Absolutely. Robert. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Michelle Webster. Um, I, I'm an interior regional coordinator for sport and physical activity for iSpark. Um, so I've been in this position since uh, since September and, and very fortunate to do lots of work with them before I got hired in this position. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the good work that, that iSpark gets to do regularly and, uh, um, and yeah, just I'm really happy to be a part of it all. Uh, my family is, uh, is uh, from the coast here, so uh, my, my family lives up in Alert Bay, most of them, so yeah. It's nice to be out on the coast and instead of always in the interior. <laughs> I see you wearing a Fit Nation cap, and what does Fit Nation mean to you and what's it about? Yeah, uh, Fit Nation is, uh, it, it just means so much to me. It's, uh, it's a representation of just uh, potential um, and a way to, to reach out to people and 
Uh, it's so much more than, than just a workout to me. It's, a, it's an opportunity uh, to create a group or, or to create a space or, or to be a part of a, a something positive. Um, when I ran Fit Nation groups regularly, um, I worked with youth. And so, um, yeah, Fit Nation was the vessel. It, it, was, it was the reason they came. But, uh, but the program just allows so much opportunity for you to give uh, to your participants whatever it is that they need and to meet them where they're at. And uh, um, obviously the exercises, you know, help them be a little more physically healthy. But, uh, uh, but all of us being together there, it's truly just good medicine for everyone that participates. And um, uh, just, a, just a great opportunity to get to know them a little bit better, to start building relationships, to start opening conversations, to, um, you know, start to build that, that comfort zone and that safe zone for the kids. For me, that's for sure what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're all getting a little bit healthier. We're all moving around just a little bit more than we would have been otherwise. Um, and, and to me, the beautiful thing about this program is that it, it allows you to use your own personality, your own creativity, um, and take into account what the people you're working with or for are asking for or what their needs are and, and to blend them together. It's, a, it's not a cookie cutter program. We don't, we don't all walk away and on the first day do the exact same things. Um, and the bottom line is that wouldn't work in every community. And, uh, and I think it's amazing that we have a program that recognizes that. What inspired you to be part of this Fit Nation movement? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's the Partners Council. Uh, well, it was the Partners Council. Um, like I said before, I took the actual position with iSpark. I, I volunteered for everything. I was a Team BC coach. Um, I did the leader training sessions with Robin and Jesse, and, uh, and, and I, initially it, it was a great team. Um, and then, you know, I came and I did the training and I saw all the opportunities and uh, um, it's so helpful to have a team like that that's so supportive and so passionate about what they do, so bought in, um, that now they're coming back multiple times a year. Um, and the follow-up with the leaders, and, and it truly, I mean, we talk about making a safe space for our participants. Um, the Fit Nation team of facilitators and presenters and Dwayne and Tish and Robin and Jesse and Daniel and, and everybody that comes back year after year create a safe space for the leaders to go out and just excel and, and create every opportunity for them to uh, uh, be fully equipped for, for the different things that they're going to face. And, and um, yeah, so what motivates me or what made, made me get involved was, uh, I mean, they're doing such good work from their offices for many, many communities across the province. And, uh, and I think that, that, that they should be recognized for, uh, f for inspiring a lot of folks like myself. I, I believe I heard the word something like 38,000 people put through um, training programs on, in our reservations. Does that sound right, that number? Is it I, I mean, it's awfully impressive, so I, I certainly hope that, that it does, but uh, I don't know what the exact number is. I just know that it seems to be getting bigger and bigger, and, and everywhere I go, every time I wear the hat or the shirt, somebody wants to know what that's all about, and uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy to share with them because, it, I, like I said, I, I feel like it's just, it's good medicine and going to a lot of communities where, um, where this is a positive thing that they could be proud of their kids for doing. And, uh, you hear often, you know, those, those darn young people aren't up to anything but video games. And 
Um, so to have a program that you could take them outside and people driving by on the highway could look out and see those darn young people out there moving and, and doing something proactive for themselves, it, uh, it's just, it's good medicine. And, uh, and I feel that in my heart when I come to a training like this. It's, it's so much work that, that, that everybody puts into it. And then when you leave, you should feel exhausted. You should feel like you, you, you expended yourself, but uh, I feel rejuvenated. I, I feel recharged and re-energized. And, uh, and, and that's how I know that, that it's, it's just the right thing for me because I feel better after expending and giving everything that I have. I, f I feel like I have more. So, so it's, uh, yeah, just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's so much opportunities. Okay. I ask this of all of my guests. If there was one group out there that you'd like to give a message to, which group would it be in regards to fitness? Um, I think the young people. Mm -hmm. Like young, like children or teens? I think the teens. I think, I think the kids that, uh, I think the kids that don't know what their next step is. The kids that, uh, that are, are battling against stereotypes and the kids that are kind of falling into whatever other people say that they are or believe them to be, which convinces them that they are. So, so probably to those guys, I would, uh, I would want to, I would want to just let them know that uh, they're more than they think they are, and th and they're more than anybody else thinks they are, and and the only person that that can tell them who they are or help them find who they are is is their own self, and uh, um, it's an it's an amazing thing, the human spirit. Um, it's a it's an amazing thing to to watch a young person say I I can't do Larippy, I don't run, mm. you know planks are not my thing, yeah. um, but to take a program like this and say I understand it's not my thing either, but let's do it together mm. um, and build it. We can build a plank and we can build a, pro a burpee in this and mm. and it's not a program that says if you're not doing a burpee like this then you're not doing a burpee. It's a program that says me standing up out of this chair in such a way is the equivalent of a squat mm -hmm. and taking it to where they're at and, and proving to them that they're, they're more physically active in a day than they think they are. Um, for, for young people especially who are, are struggling like that, I would just say, um, yeah, it, it's yours. It's yours to make what, it, what you can and what you will out of it. And, uh, and, and uh, it's, it's always fun to watch them surprise themselves. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for answering the call, you know, to educate our youth, you know, to, to create a worldview of fitness and health, you know, because it's so needed. You know, there are people that don't know, our young people don't know unless they're encouraged and taught. And I feel that's what you do, Michelle. I'd like to thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Hi everybody, my name is Daniel Young Mercer. Uh, my Indian name is Ayam Ganao, which means fast frog. And my my background, my father, Arthur Mercer, Samoa Galga, he he's uh, born and raised in Getlik Damix, BC, which is uh, formerly known as New Ayanch. And my mother, mother's side of the family, her, her name's Bonita Young Mercer, and she's of the uh, Gitsan Nation. And she, she comes from Kispiox, uh, both from the Northwest region.
Okay, thank you. Yeah. I see you're wearing a Fit Nation t-shirt. Yep. Can you tell me what that means to you and what you do for Fit Nation? Okay, so Fit Nation, for me, like, basically just a way of living. It's a lifestyle. Uh, but for more uh, actual definition, it's a program. It's a community-based program, which is designed to um, empower the champions that already live within communities to... Um, so leaders in communities apply to this program called Fit Nation, and we train over 20 leaders um, each year. And so they come, we gather them from throughout the whole province. Two leaders are selected out of each region in BC, and they come to the Fit Nation Provincial Leader Training Forum, and they learn um, all the basic fundamentals of exercise, and then the basic foundation. And we. So they learn introductory levels, intermediate levels, as well as advanced. And we actually teach them um, in an experiential learning type of way where they actually physically walk through the exercise manual uh, throughout the three days of training. And by the end of the training, they are com confident, comfortable, and program ready to go to their home community and deliver that program as soon as they get home. And that's what I'm here for today is uh, Fit Nation, and we're training 13 leaders today. This is my fourth year leading Fit Nation. And before I started the role I, I, I now do today, I was a recreation coordinator in Kitimat Village, Heisla Territory. And that's where I started my Fit Nation journey. Um, and I was very fortunate to deliver Fit Nation to that community. And it was a very great experience because I wasn't born in, or I wasn't born and raised in Heisla. Um I was an outsider coming in with a great program. Um, it was a slow start, minimal numbers, and it grew to about 40 people in the boot camps, the Fit Nation boot camps, within half a year. So, Fit Nation helped me uh, helped me do the best I can to increase the quality of living and uh, physical activity in that community. And I, I led Fit Nation there for three years. Good for you. Yeah. We're going to be doing podcasts on men's wellness specific. Mm -hmm. So what kind of a message would you give to men, you know, about their wellness and their lifestyles and about being fit? Because so many seem to be resistant to it. You know, they end up with uh, diabetes or obesity and different illnesses that happen that are preventable, mm -hmm. you know, that where fit, fitness would play a part in life. What kind of message would you give to the men out there, the boys, the teenagers? Um, I have a couple of messages, and one of them is specifically to really call out to um, all of the, the indigenous uh, men out there who were able to play sports at a varsity level, uh, more specifically like men's varsity basketball, soccer, volleyball, whatever high performance sport those men played in uh, growing up in their early 20s um, that have already played the highest caliber they've ever played. I, I, I'd like to call out to them to really give back to their communities where they came from in any kind of uh, capacity they can find to give back to the younger youth um, all of the tools that they learned. For example, I played varsity soccer at VIU for four years in my post-secondary experience, and 
I learned a lot of tools and learned a lot of the game of soccer at that, at that caliber and I was able to bring it back to my community and teach the children at a young age that they, they have potential to, to get to that level as well and to believe in themselves um, even if they don't think they're good enough to, to try out for provincial youth teams. Uh, so I call out to all those um, alumni athletes that played at a high caliber to go into their community and, and be an agent of change to um, empower the youth to believe in themselves more and one day we'll get more Indigenous youth um, playing high caliber sports or even pro sports or even the Olympics because they have it in their potential to do it and we have athlete, ex-athletes such as myself to, that have the experience to go and teach those youth. Yes, you know, it reminds me of um, my cohorts in residential school. Mm -hmm. Many of them had the potential to go to a professional soccer, mm -hmm. or higher levels of soccer, they were so good. Mm -hmm. But the residential school experience itself was um, damaging to them, mm -hmm. you know, and they didn't move any farther, mm -hmm. you know, so. I really appreciate you saying that. And you know, before that, our uncles were the trainers. They would train yep. our nephews mm -hmm. and the aunties with their nieces. And we had um, training programs as part of our lifestyle as indigenous people before contact with Europeans. Mm -hmm. And we'd help people raise to a level of their level. We'd challenge them to be their best. You know, and as a result, we had some very um, astounding athletic achievements mm -hmm. just in hunting itself or in recreation I know we challenged each other before in sports yep. before too and um, I really appreciate your challenge and I hope that many people men hear that that haven't had experience mm -hmm. like you're saying in soccer or basketball or fastball or whatever it is canoe racing and share that knowledge with the youth you know, and then we're going to be a good nation again. Definitely. I'd like to thank you for coming in, nephew. Thank you, Jerry. My name is Tish Diamond, and... And I've been working, actually, with Cannon Lake Band, which is a community in the interior of BC for 15 years now. So I've been doing a lot of their fitness and recreation. And when Fit Nation came along, it was really exciting because I'd already worked in an Aboriginal community doing their, their fitness and health and I could see the impact that it was having and, and how eager and, and ready, um, especially the youth, actually all of the community members were. So Fit Nation was a great opportunity to be able to, to take that further. and. And I've been able to take the moves that I've learned at Fit Nation and a lot of the concepts and taking it back into the community of Canham Lake as well. And it's been really helpful in teaching people how to be healthier and, and stronger. And it's been great, it's been a great opportunity. So can you tell me some of the benefits you have seen from Fit Nation's training? Um, I think I think the biggest benefit is the fact that it's a program where you don't need equipment and it can be used for any age group, any level of fitness. It can be taught in a chair, it can be taught for a high, um, a high 
level athlete. So it's just such a versatile program that you can really teach it anywhere at any time. You don't even need to have on sweatpants. You can do it in your jeans. So it's just, there's, to me, there's no barriers. And it, it's just, it comes with lots of benefits. And, and it's got a really good, the program is set that it progresses really nicely. And at any time, you can pause in that progression and stay there, or you can continue to, to build your strengths. So it's, it's really versatile. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'd like to know what message you would give to little girls, teenagers, women, elderly women about fitness and about embracing this lifestyle. I think the biggest thing is a lot of times we look at the media or we just look at our friends or maybe people around us that we think are, you know, maybe in better shape than us or look better than us or uh, all those things. And I think with when you start your road in fitness and you start to see your muscles get stronger or your body change a little bit or you become more comfortable in your own skin because you're doing stuff that makes you feel better and makes you healthier, I believe it just builds that self-esteem. And then you can go into other things in your life where you're not going, you know, you don't go in trying to hide yourself, you go in proud of yourself because you feel stronger and healthier. So I think that it's a really good stepping stone to, to building confidence for people and giving them the, the strength and, and, and feeling prouder in yourself because you've, you can do things that you maybe couldn't do before. Yes. Have you some examples of seeing that? I have for sure. Um, I know from in my own life, that's where I came from. Um, I was very insecure growing up and, and didn't like my body and didn't like that I had extra softness and I maybe wasn't strong. And, and I was taught by someone how to exercise properly and, and it made a huge impact in my life. And through my work at Canham Lake, I've seen young girls who who played sports in their community but they didn't have the confidence to play out of their community and then they got they trained really well got prepared and then they went to triads for aboriginal sports for NAG for team bc and they went to competition in denver in 2006 and did really well and they could see even how their training helped them not get dehydrated how they felt strong they didn't get injured in their competition so they came home feeling really good but they also came home with gold medals and the the nicest thing for me from that was they wouldn't play school sports. When they, when they were in the community and went to school in the community, they played sports, but when they went into town and went to school in a mixed school, they didn't have the confidence to play sports there. But after they trained, they went to competition, they came back feeling confident, they not only joined the teams in town, but they really excelled, like they owned it. The confidence was amazing. So that was really nice to see. Oh, Tish, I'd like to thank you for working with our granddaughters our daughters and our sisters and our aunties and our grannies, because I'm sure you work with grannies yep, too. Yeah, I do. Yes, I'd just like to thank you for coming in. Thank you, and I feel like it's my gift to work with everybody, so thank you for having me. Thank you, Tish. My name, my name is Cole Sankey. I come from uh, Lakwalam Simshan tribe. Um, my grandpa's from the from the Nishka tribe of uh, Gingolks. Um, I grew up in Skidi Haida Gwaii. Um, I was adopted into the Skidans Raven Clan. Uh, they gifted me with the name Dal Heelung, means shooting star. 
and um, I, um, I really believe that the, uh, the elders, uh, they saw something in me that, um, they saw something in me for the future of uh, leadership and uh, really, really growing me into, into this leadership role that, I'm, that I am now uh, entering into right now. Uh, and I just finished my first year of college and um, I, I can really see the difference, I can feel the difference. And um, I'm just he I'm heading back to my community of Skidigit, uh in the next couple of days, and I'm hoping that they can see the difference too and make an impact on on uh, the children's lives that I'll be working with. Well, thank you. You know, I want to tell you that just sitting with you fills me with hope because we are against powerful forces. You know, the video games, like there's so many of our youth addicted to video games or to even our iPhones, you know. And um, so whenever I meet young men like yourself that's interested in our way of life, in the, the power that comes from our way of life, it fills me with hope. Because often I see our youngsters going the other way and forget about who they are and where they're from. I'd like to ask you, what inspired you to be the way you are today? Um, I think it was, uh, it was really a need to, for uh, younger generations to step up and uh, take in a leadership role because we are, we are the next generation of leaders that um, will, will take over from today's leaders. And uh, there's, there's a lot of great leaders out there um, today that we can we can learn from, and they're really uh, they really started the path for us to uh, to follow back to the ways of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. So now, obviously, you want to take care of your body. So, what are your goals for yourself in regards to your mind, your body, and your spirit? Um, I I try to keep them I try to keep them all separate. I know I know that they're all separate, but. Uh, like physic physically, I try and stay in the best shape I can. Uh, it's it's really hard living in the city and being being by myself and uh, going to school. Um, tend tend to eat eat uh, garbage essentially. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to go back and um, I'm going to be starting the hundred mile diet. Uh, I'm excited for. Um, what what that's going to bring me and how that's going to feel and uh, see the effects from now to uh, whenever I come back down here. Yes, I, I can just imagine because I was in Haida Gwaii and I was eating the raw shellfish on the beach and I felt how what it had done to me. It grounded me to Mother Earth and it seemed I can see and hear in a much clearer way. It became clear to me. Just magical. Yeah. So I'm glad you're going back to that. You're going home, not only to the home of your ancestors, but to our way of life, the way we think, the way we act as indigenous people. So I want you to give a message to young men like yourself and even younger. What uh, an inspirational message that you can give them? What would you say to them, like if you looked at see youth, young males living on junk food or whatever, what kind of message would you give them? Um, I, would, I would say like 
um, it's 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 not the way of our ancestors. Like um, you were you were mentioning yesterday in our uh, in our program there, uh, we had we had elders living to 80, 90, 100 years old. The the Europeans were their their uh, age capacity was like forty five. Um, that was that was because of our our diets, our way of life, and if you want to live a long life, then you got to take care of your body, your mind, and your spirit. Good, thank you, nephew. I'm so glad you come on here today. Yeah, you know because my nephews, and my grand nephews, need to hear you, and I know they will because they're going to say they're going to follow. They follow Jerry on YouTube and things like that, so I know that some of my relatives are going to hear you, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you for coming. Yeah, here. thank you. Great, great experience. Okay, my friends. Jerry Oldman with Teachings in the Air. The first time I heard that statement, I went to live with this old man of my nation, and I wanted to go live with him, and I was surprised when they asked me, because I didn't have a place to stay, and I started working at this tribal council as an addictions worker. And I was looking for a place to stay. And his wife sent his daughter and said, ask that man if he'll live with us. Ask him if he knows how to cook. So the daughter asked me, and um, I said, I know how to boil eggs. And she says, um, well, my mother's diabetic. That's why she's wanting someone to come and live with him. I says, oh, okay. I can do that. And I went up to the house and went in. And the old man was there and his wife. And they showed me the bedroom where I was to sleep. And I remember my first night, um, Mama cooked supper for us. So I didn't have to cook all the time, just breakfast I found out. Then I, my job was to wash the dishes and to make coffee for the old man. He liked coffee after dinner. So I'd wash the dishes and I'd sweep the floor and while the coffee was made, then I'd pour him his coffee. And he'd say, sit down. And he would tell me stories. And one evening he says to me, Jerry, I notice you're a little bit off. He says, um, is there something wrong? And I told them, Sam, I said, sometimes I feel depressed and I feel bad because we've lost our music and our ceremony. And he looks at me and he says, Jerry, all of our teachings come through the air. All of your teachings come through the air. You're going to hear it, see it, feel it, taste it, smell it. It all comes through the air. All of our teachings come through the air. He says, how do you think they knew those, where that music comes from? 
that hand drum music, those sounds. He said, people work for it. And I remember he told me, he says, it's all over the air because nobody's going after it now. There's lots of Jerry. I says, oh. So that's when I started to use the words, teachings in the air, from that old man. And he told me this one story about coming of age for young men. They would take the young men and isolate them, build a lodge for them. And they would fast, and they would start to think, what am I here for? What's my purpose? And I thought that would be the extent of the training. He says, oh, no. He says, the four days, he says, that's like the easy part. <laughs> you know? Because um, he says, after that, the real training kicked in. He says, uh, this young, that young man now, because his voice changed, you know, and uh, he he's went through puberty, now he's a man. And that's why they'd isolate him and fast him, take away their food and water. So they start to see the seriousness and the beauty of that gift of water and food, so they'll respect it. And he says, after that, he says, people could see. There are people, our people could see. They call him Shkuna'am. They would look at someone, oh, that's going to be the hunter. And they would train the hunters to be physically fit. He says they would take them to this place where there's a steep embankment. He didn't say how high it is, but I imagine it was quite the bank. He says, and they would take that young man along the bottom of that bank till he found a rock where he could clasp his elbows and that rock would fit in his arms. So it gives you an idea. It's wide as a body. So it's quite a substantial weight. Then they would point up the hill and they'd tell that young man, you carry that rock, and it's a round rock, to the top of this hill. So the young man would have to go up. And if he dropped it and rolled back down the hill, he'd have to go back down and pick it up and bring it up again. So they're training his arms and his legs to have strength, just carrying that rock. And then once he got up to the top, the elder would be waiting and say, okay, now you run to that creek over there. There's a series of creeks or where water is running down off the mountain. And each one you get to, you run there and you bathe in that stream. You submerge yourself four times in there. Stay in there as long as you can. Then you get out, then you run again to the next creek. You take a bath there. Submerge yourself in the water. Stay as long as you can because that will strengthen you. Then you, once you leave that water, you run again, and you run through the forest till you find a sapling, a fir tree as tall as yourself. Then you start from the top, and you start breaking it down, hand, hand width by hand width, till, it, till you get to the ground. He says, that'll strengthen your grip on your hands and your forearms. Then you run back again after that, past those two streams, 
to the place where you left your rock. And you pick up that rock and you walk to the edge of that embankment and you throw it over and the elder says you race it to the bottom of the hill. So the young man would be jumping, trying to race that rolling rock to the bottom of the hill. He would do this every morning, carry that round rock, run and bathe and find that sapling and break it down. And he's getting stronger. His legs, his hands, his arms, his shoulders, his mind is getting stronger. So he's doing that. He didn't say for how long, but I imagine it's for months. Who knows, four or six months doing that. When he can beat that boulder to the bottom of that embankment, they knew he was ready. And then the men would go with him. And they would line up. And they knew where the deer were. They knew where they slept. They knew where they sat in the afternoon. And they would go where the deer are. And then they would single one out and they would chase it to that embankment. And there would be men stationed every so far apart. They knew how far apart because they've done this for hundreds of years. So the deer wouldn't leave that path but would go down to that embankment. And when a deer got to the embankment, the young man's running after him. And uh, the deer jumps over, and they got thin legs, so they slow down when they're going down the embankment. They still move fast. I've seen them moving, and they can really move. They go down the embankment. They got thin legs, so they have to be careful. And meanwhile, the young man had been leaping, trying to race that boulder to the bottom of the embankment. And my elder says that young man would run and leap till he's beside the deer. And he'd kick it over. And as it's falling over, he'd wrap his arms around it. And he would snap its neck as they're falling to the ground. And he says, that's how... We trained our men before that we're going to be hunters. There was different training methods for different styles of hunting. Like that meant that didn't mean he's going to do that every time he hunts because they built snares, they used arrows. What this was to build their character, to build their mind, to develop that fitness. Because they needed that protein called deer meat. There was no IGA or Safeway or anything like that. All the food come from our two hands. And they would celebrate the hunters. They were valuable people. They kept us alive. Just like they celebrate the woman. They would make those waterproof moccasins that hunter would wear. The clothing that covers our body. They'd prepare the foods for us. They would do all of those things. But we were very fit people. We were trained to be fit. And that's uh, when I talk about, let's go back to our old methods. Let's start to develop new methods that are based on old methods to train our youngsters again. Because when they do that, their self-confidence and their feeling of purpose and feeling of being one with the people 
will be revived again. And our young men will have purpose. And they'll feel it. The important thing is to feel it. Feel this purpose. I'm feeding the people. We can do that even farming or raising animals. We put it in their head, you're feeding the people. Because so many of our people are trapped in the res. And we don't have jobs there. But we can do this. I know we can. So that's my story about the hunter, training the hunter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, Fit Nation, Teachings in the Air. I'd like to thank, first off, Fit Nation for joining me in this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a hand by sharing it online. You can find us on Facebook at Teachings in the Air. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TeachingsCast. This has been your host, Jerry Oldman. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. These podcasts are produced with the generous support of the BC Provincial Health Services Authority, Indigenous Health, and Vancouver Coastal Aboriginal Health. Until next time.